2: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. It's
0: time to play full time fantasy. Full time fantasy.
3: All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. All right, we got uh, Jamie Eisner joining me at uh, 240 today. He's from the Draft Network and, of course, Sports Illustrated. We'll talk a little waiver wire a little bit later in the show. We'll talk a little news and notes. And uh, now I want to talk about bad beats. And I want to talk about your fantasy playoffs. Firstly, bad beats. I am so sorry for people out there, and I was one of them who had Tyler Lockett last night. What a nightmare! In a game that's over the over under by like 15 points, maybe more, Tyler Lockett can't get a catch, not a catch. Now, if you played Tyler Lockett, I can't blame you. I can't blame you one bit. If you had known that he was going to do this, you wouldn't have played him. I get it. Or how about you out there who was down by 18 and you played Dalvin Cook and he got hurt? Nothing you can do. Dalvin Cook was on pace for a 25 to 30 point game. He was. He has been all year. Week 13, second half, was when he decided that he was going to be injured. It was not on purpose. Dalvin Cook doesn't know you, most likely. And he wasn't out there to screw your fantasy team. I've never met Tyler Lockett. And if I did, I wouldn't say to him, you cost me money. I'd say, hey, nice to meet you. You're a really good player. Wish I was fast as you. None of this is personal. It's just a very hard game. Fantasy football is a very hard game. Because there's skill and there's luck. And when you put those two together, it's a messy combination. It is. It's a messy combination. Because you could have all the skill in the world. And at the end of the day, you got to get lucky. Or you could have all the luck in the world, but if you don't have any skill, you're not winning. It's a combination of the two. And I've said this. I can't tell you how many times I've said this. The best team, more often than not, does not win a fantasy championship. Now, I'd love to take a. I'd love to have access to this. I don't. You know, if anybody thinks I have any backdoor access to our our games at the uh, Fantasy Football World Championship or the online championship. I don't. I have the same access you have. Um, I would love to know how many teams who are in first place now will finish the year and win in first place, even in the online championship. Like, I'm winning in two online championships heading into the final three weeks, and I'm in second and another and third and another. How many am I going to win? How many times does the guy who's in first finish in first? Not always. Not not often enough. It's not like fantasy baseball. Fantasy baseball, the best team, usually wins. I don't know why that is. Maybe because it's not usually head-to-head. Maybe because it's a an accumulation of statistics. But normally, in fantasy baseball the best team wins maybe just maybe comes in second but in fantasy football good chance in your playoffs oh the best team he loses in round around week 14. that's why you want that first round buy so desperately you want that first round buy desperately I got that buy in three leagues four leagues actually so happy about that never want to go home in the first week of the playoffs I don't mind losing. Well, of course I do. I mind losing. But I don't mind losing later. I just don't want to lose in the first round. I don't want to lose in the first round. Right? But the best team does not always win. Which leads me to my second and more important point. I believe as we head into the fantasy football playoffs right now, you have to look at the game over the name. The game over the name. So, I'm sure I've discussed this before, probably with Ronis at some point. Last year, Chad Schrader cut to Sean Watson, picked up Damian Williams, and won the Fantasy Football World Championship. I would not have done that. Now, I probably wouldn't have done that because I only have, like, five teams. Well, Chad has 150, for sure. But outside of that, notwithstanding that, I still wouldn't have made that play. I wouldn't have made that play. So it doesn't matter if he had 115 teams, I had five. I wouldn't have done that. But it was a great play. Because... I would be worried about the name. I can't cut Deshaun Watson. I can't bench Deshaun Watson. But let me ask you this. As Ricky Bobby said, if you ain't first, you're last. It's true. Are you trying to go for the overall championship or are you trying to win your league? Most of us are trying to just win our league. Most of us are trying to just win our league. Some people are going for the overall. Now, if you have two teams, I'm trying to win my league. But if I had 25 teams, I'm trying to win the overall. So it's it's almost a different mindset. Right? Because if I only have one or two teams, I got to be conservative. I can't cut to Sean Watson because if I do and my quarterback is out, I'm done. And I want to win my league. I want to win my $1,500. $1,500 is great. But 150K is greater. It's greater. So I want to delve into this a little bit further. Game over name. What do I mean by that? Game over name. This will be the most important statement that I will make as we head into the fantasy playoffs. Bar none, this will be it. So buy into it, understand it, let's figure it out together. Let's decide who has the best game, not who has the bigger name. And you know what we'll continue right after this.
2: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: <laughs> Is that monster match? I don't know. They all sound the same to me. Which... Which one is this one? Is it? Oh, <laughs> which? Oh, I don't know the witch doctor. See, I, it confuses me. I'm not. Uh, I'm not that bright. I'm not, I'm not that good at this stuff. I would never win Name That Tune. My daughter would. She would beat Shazam. Name That Tune. She knows music. I'm like, yeah, whatever, whatever. I know it's great, right? It's a talent. I think it's a talent. All right. Speaking of talent, Big Phil in Kentucky. He has been. He is. A visionary in training this year. What's up, my dude? How are you?
5: Oh, I'm all right. Could be better. A little perturbed.
3: What's your could wait? What man. what number are you over your your top five heading into the online championship?
5: Oh yeah, I like that deal. That uh, so, could have got a little few extra points from Dalvin last night, but um, anyway, I I could have been in three um, OC playoffs. Gotten. Four teams in. Uh, one team just went off. I had scored 195 points in one OC, and I missed it by seven oh. points. And then the other one, I had an eight and five record, and just didn't score enough points in that league.
3: So, how many points are you behind, Frankie, heading in?
5: I haven't looked, but it was when I looked last night. It was probably right around 80. So, but it's only seven points total i was gonna say
3: that's like five six points that's nothing
5: yeah
3: yeah so So. that's honestly that's a defense that's that's a that's a defense for all the good work he did and i'm not this has nothing to do with frankie it's it skews it because he should be winning by more right not that i don't want you to do well but it's i mean he i mean five points is nothing heading into this
5: well i kind of agree with that because you know the But I'm not sure about the overall, maybe in a league setting for 12 teams. You know, maybe get like a 25-point bump if you've led the whole season, scored the most points. But, you know, in an overall, I don't know. You can see it both ways.
3: You know what I thought was fair? What if you did like two times? Not once, but two times.
5: Oh, okay. So So if he is up 14, then you go to 28.
3: Right, right. That to me was a little bit, that's a little bit better. I don't know yeah, if that's perfect, bit. but that's a little bit. But I think that's a fair compromise.
5: Yeah. Another thing, I've scored the most points in two online championships, and that didn't, you know, my record's awful in both of them.
3: See, but, that goes uh, to show, right, the best know, team I, doesn't win the games, right? You still won money for that.
5: Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I would like to win first so I could win most points and best record. But, you know, you right. can't win everything, I guess.
3: Look, I would I would be happy to give up best record if I could win the most points at the end. Thirteen is more than one.
5: Oh yeah, I agree.
3: So how many how many OCs can you win? Can you legitimately win?
5: I've got two possibilities two possible teams that could actually win overall.
3: Wow, that's exciting.
5: Um, you know, because the other one's in like the top seventy, but it's only like. I don't know, thirteen points behind. So,
3: well, that, I'm rooting so. for you, my man. I really am. So, is oh, that's the one team that, that you have that's really good, right?
5: Well, see, the, uh, the, the other team, the with the one we talked about last week, but I've got another team that has, uh, that's got Breeze, uh, Cook, Derek Henry, Julio Godwin. So you know I mean, that's a nucleus, but there's some other players in there too.
3: Look, it, it all so, comes yeah, down as we last year. If you remember, Derrick Henry, forty-two points. Mike Williams had like a twenty-six point week. It's going to be somebody right. that's that five or six teams have that nobody else does that could be the difference maker.
5: Well, see, I like that. I like the team that has Cook and Henry more than I like the other team that's scored more points because. Um, now, I don't have another running back like Henry on the other team, and I can still plug in decent wide receivers for the other one. So, right. anyway, we'll see. Got three weeks.
3: So. All right. I'm, I'm, we're all counting all on right. you to, pull, to take this home. All right.
5: Okay. Thanks. No
3: pressure. Okay. You got it. No pressure. All right. All right goodbye. <laughs> okay. That's big Phil. He's having a good year, man. He's having a good year. He's five overall as we're heading in. So, let's talk about this concept game over name. So let me look at it for you here. I'm going to give you an example. Ryan Tannehill. The mighty Tennessee Titans go on the road to the black hole and play the Raiders. Josh Allen at home against the Ravens. Better name? Josh Allen. By far, better name. Arguably a better quarterback. Better game? Ryan Tannehill. The Raiders are reeling right now. They can't stop anybody defensively. Tannehill has a higher floor and maybe even a higher ceiling. It's true. In my opinion, that's, that's fact. Right? And How can I say that? In my opinion, that's fact. That's something I tell my kids. But when you think about it, Tannehill has a better matchup than Josh Allen. But people who would have both those quarterbacks would most likely play Allen because of the name. Don't play the name. Play the game. If you play the game, you will have a better chance of winning your league. Now look, I have said this before, and I'll say it again. If I lose... I'd rather lose with my best players. I say that all the time. I do. I say that all the time. If I lose, I, I want to lose with DeAndre Hopkins starting. I do. I want to lose with DeAndre Hopkins. But there are certain guys like DeAndre Hopkins who I never bench because they are your studs for a reason. DeAndre Hopkins is a special talent. So even if he has the worst matchup in the world, I'm still playing him. But Will Fuller, I may not. Right? Will Fuller, I may not. Will Fuller doesn't always play. DeAndre Hopkins, he plays. But Will Fuller has a bigger name. But Anthony Miller may have the better game. I think you have to think like this. We're heading into a critical, critical time. Don't just play guys because you know them and trust them better. I want you have to win on matchups right now. So I have one that might blow your mind. I have one that might blow your mind. And I and I and this is one that could win you a fantasy league, or you could be an idiot. How about this one? DJ Shark. Or James Washington. Chark has been awesome. But Chark plays the Chargers. What if Chark sees Casey Hayward? James Washington's playing Arizona, who everybody gets healthy against Arizona. Maybe that's a game where James Washington, especially with Juju out, maybe James Washington goes, you know, four for one oh eight. And, and a touchdown. Will DJ Chark do that? I don't know. This is the analysis that we have to put in together over the next couple of weeks. We've got to think this through, make the right plays, make the gut calls, and make sure we have and take advantage of the right matchups. Because that's what it comes down to. I remember one year Peyton Manning had the, was the best quarterback. But in week 15, he played the Baltimore Ravens, and he only put up like 180 yards passing. He was brilliant the rest of the season, but that one week, he was terrible. If you were smart enough, you benched Peyton Manning that week, and you won your fantasy league. It always comes down to one player. Always. One player in one game you got to be willing to make that decision. If you do, you're going to go home a winner. You're going to be a champion. And there's no greater feeling than winning your league. Right? You know you want it. So I promise to give you the best analysis I can over the next three weeks to help you break it down so we can figure out who the right players are to start. I'll be back with more right after this. All right, do you want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations and build stacks for tournaments, and the DailyRoto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you're playing daily fantasy hockey without using DailyRoto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. All right, guys, let's take a look at some waiver wire. Uh, Let's look at the quarterbacks here. Some guys that are are shouting out to me, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Can you believe Ryan Fitzpatrick is is a guy that we might have interest in? But there's something about him. I love his... I would love to play with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Because he has a, a zeal for the game. He loves playing. He makes mistakes. But did you see the play last week where he like ran into the guy's head when he tried to score a touchdown and he smashed his head into somebody else? I love that. He's a headbanger. It's great. Plays the Jets this week. Now, let me tell you something about the Jets. I'm gonna tell you something about football. Everybody's gonna poo poo the Jets. Oh, the Jets only scored six points last week against the Bengals. Oh, they suck. Jets are going to play this well this week. That's what happens. Raiders are going to play well this week. That's what happens. Just when you think you know the NFL, you know what you realize. You know what you know? Nothing. You can study the NFL for weeks and months and years. And you'll think that this guy has the greatest matchup ever. And then he goes out there and sucks. And you're like... What did I do wrong? Where did I go wrong? But I do like Fitzpatrick, 240 and two touchdowns this week. I like Andy Dalton, but I don't love him. Don't chase last week's Andy Dalton. The Bengals wanted to win last week. I don't believe they want to win anymore. I think they get the first pick. I think they take Joe Burrow. And I think they start a new regime with Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow. I don't think they want to win. I don't. Giants have two wins. Bengals have one. Bengals got their win. That's it. So I think by taking Andy Dalton, you are chasing last week's points. Don't go chasing. Gardner Minshew. Interesting name. Interesting mustache. Interesting player. I think I said this before. I'll say it again. If I'm, the, if I'm the Jaguars, bye-bye Nick Foles. I'd rather lose with Gardner Minshew than lose with Nick Foles and pay Nick Foles $88 million. That's an easy easy one. Any day of the week, I'd rather lose with Minshew than lose with Nick Foles. Now, fantasy owners... Jacksonville is in a good spot. They play the Chargers, who are reeling, by the way. Anthony Lynn versus Doug Marone, two guys who probably won't have jobs in another month. It's true. But let me ask you this question. Did you wake up this morning wanting to put all your money, rest your fantasy football hopes and dreams on Gardner Minshew and the Jaguars? Please tell me you didn't do that. Now, I may like Minshew, but I think the Jaguars are done. I mean, they just feel like, I don't know, like, like an injured animal on the street. You know when you see a, an injured animal and or a horse? You know, when, it, when a horse gets injured or breaks a leg, you have to shoot it out back. You do. It's terrible. It's one of the saddest things. Right? It happens a lot if you watch horse racing and something happened to a horse. And then you're like, what happened to the horse? They shot it. Oh my God, it's the worst. I feel that way about the Jaguars. They just got to go out and shoot it out back. Done. It's over. Start over next year. So I'm not going to be in on Minshew. You might be. I won't be. I will be in on Devlin Hodges. I will be in on him right now. 100% I'm in on him. I have to see if he's available in one of my leagues. Please hold. Please continue to hold. Thank you for holding. Let me see if I can even pick this guy up. Not, a, I'm not sure if I can even do that. I'm looking in the uh, Scott Fishbowl, and uh, I can't pick him up. I can pick up David Blah, Blah, but I can't pick up uh, Devlin Hodges. I wish I could. He's got a great start this week. He's got a great start this week against the Cardinals. Who can't stop anybody? They made Jared Goff look like Y.A. Tittle. Jared Goff and Johnny Unitas have one thing in common: they both names start with a J. That's about it. But that's how good Jared Goff looked last week, like Johnny U. Phew. So, what do you think Devlin Hodges is going to do? Another game. Now, for him, a good game might be 272 yards, but that's still a pretty good game. I don't hate Drew Locke. So let me give you, I'm going to give you a game that most people will pick the other way. I'm going to give you this game on Tuesday and tell you this is a trap game. The Broncos against the Texans. The Broncos against the Texans smells like a trap game to me. It does. Texans had a big win last week against the Patriots. Next week they play the Titans. And this week they're home against Denver. Oh, are they going to suck. Telling you. You watch. You watch and then you let me know. I think this has trap game written all over it. I'm not sure the point spread on this one. We'll have to look into it. But I'm telling you right now, I'm I'm in on Denver, I'm in. I may even play that one Moneyline. I may even play that one Moneyline, I might. You think I'm crazy? Talk to Roto, you're insane. Texans played so well. They did I nine get and it. a half.
4: Texans favored by nine. Nine and a
3: half. half. Yep. Oh my God! I love that. I love that. Give me the nine and a half all day long. Give me the nine and a half. I'll take it right now. There's trap games in the NFL all the time. You just beat New England. You've got Tennessee coming up. You're trying to play in the, for the division, and you're going to blow this one. That's how it works in the NFL. Bronco's money line. I, trust me. I might take the nine and a half because the money line, it might be a little too gutsy. Might be too gutsy. But if it comes through and we're rich friends together, let's just hang out in an island together and have some frosty beverages. But I do like Drew Locke this week. All right, at running back, my favorite running back of the week is... Maybe he lives up to his name. Maybe he is the survival of the fittest. Maybe Darwin Thompson is the fittest running back for the Chiefs. Did you watch him last week at the end of that game? I did. I don't know why Andy Reid's not playing this dude more. Now, here was the beautiful thing about Darwin Thompson. He's better as a pass catcher than a running, than a runner. But he caught, he, he ran the ball beautifully. This is the time where I want to play Darwin Thompson. And it's crazy because he's probably out there in a lot of leagues. People cut him, people hated him. But look, Darrell Williams, not playing this week. Damian Williams, not buying into it. LaShawn McCoy, are you telling me LaShawn McCoy is going to run against the Patriots? Are you kidding me? Seriously, are you kidding me? No chance. Darwin Thompson's the X factor in this game. Now, I want to talk about something in this game very briefly. Do you play Tyreek Hill? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Because he is a super stud. And if anybody could beat Stephon Gilmore, it's Tyreek Hill. Stephon Gilmore is not perfect. Tyreek Hill will make plays. I wouldn't play Sammy Watkins. See, Sammy Watkins is name over game. I'm not playing Sammy. But I will play Tyreek. But I love me some Darwin Thompson. I like Raheem Mostert. But is Matt Breida playing? If he is... I don't like Raheem Mostert. Benny Snell, I like too. But is James Conner playing or not? Don't know the answer to that. Patrick Laird is interesting to me. If you are in a PPR league, I think he can go four for 40. Maybe another 10 yards rushing. Is Geis out there? I like him. Geis is nice. What about Peyton Barber? Do you know why Ronald Jones was not in there? Because he can't pass protect. And if you can't pass protect, you don't play. If you can't keep Jameis Winston on his feet, you don't play. Peyton Barber can. Pey- Peyton Barber plays. If you are in a standard league, he may be scoring touchdowns this week. I don't hate Peyton Barber as a pickup. Tampa Bay's playing at home. Colts are tough. Peyton Barber could score. Duke Johnson I like and then of course I like all those guys Rykel Armstead Malcolm Brown Gus Edwards Wayne Gallman this is when you get those guys and you stash them if you haven't gotten them all year now is when you get them because if you had the Dalvin Cook last night and you saw him get hurt the first thing in your brain should have been oh my god thank you I have Alexander Madison seriously that was what you should have been thinking All right, we're going to take a timeout. We're going to bring on Jamie Eisner. We're going to talk to him about some plays and players to look for when we return right after this. Check me out at fulltimefantasy.com and enter the promo code ROTO50 for 50% off your first two months. But this week at this time, I bring in a friend of mine from the Draft Network and from Sports Illustrated, Jamie Eisner. What's up, Jamie? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm um, well. So let me ask you this. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but how many football leagues were you in this year?
6: Uh, I'm in about seven or eight this year.
3: How many playoffs did we make?
6: Four of them. It's been a real mixed bag. I either did excellent or I was like four and eight. or so. It's like nowhere in between.
3: Yeah, this was a strange year. I'll, I'll tell you. You know, I'll tell you my biggest flaw this year, Jamie. Without a doubt, I had great teams, but I had quarterback issues all year. I bought into Baker Mayfield. I bought into Kyler Murray. And any league where I had those two, my team was Poo Poo. And any team where I had like Lamar or Josh Allen or somebody like that, I, I looked very good.
6: So It's interesting. For me, it was I I hate drafting wide receivers in the first round, and it always comes back to bite me, and in the leagues where I missed out on the top running backs, like in my one league at the draft network, which I'm going to get made fun fun of for from all the guys, because they're not experienced fantasy players, so I was supposed to be, you know, wipe the floor with them in this league. You know, I went, it's a 14-team league. I went, you know, I was like the 10th pick. I went Devontae Adams and Juju Smith-Schuster back-to-back in the rounds one and two, and then Devontae gets hurt, Juju gets hurt and wasn't good anyway, and in those leagues, I just got absolutely killed. So I, I, my philosophy of always trying to go with a running back if possible in round one is really going to carry into next year because that was the difference
5: for me.
3: You know, it's funny. When you're telling me about your team, though, I cannot blame you one bit. If I, if I started out Devontae Adams and Juju in a 14-team league, I'd love my team.
6: Yeah, I was thrilled. And then Damian Williams falls to me in round three. And I knew there would be some risk there. But in round three, James White in round four, is a PPR league. I'm like, okay, I I feel like I'm sitting pretty. And, you know, until James White won everybody their leagues last week, it's kind of been a blah year. So I haven't gotten much, you know, consistently from my first four-round picks. You don't have a chance at that point.
3: Yeah, I think you could have one or two, one player maybe not do well, maybe two. But you can't have four guys, you know, not perform. But, you know, look, there's nothing you could do about injuries. Nobody thought about Juju. Forget Juju's injury. Nobody thought that Ben would be out for the year, and you'd be stuck with Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges throwing Juju the ball.
6: Exactly. So, it's like everything that could go wrong went wrong in that league. But... You know what, that's why, you know, I've a big proponent of auction drafts a lot of times. I'm in an auction draft league that I'm doing well in, and I was able to pay up for a guy like Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara and be able to kind of move it over from there, and it's a really interesting kind of concept. And I'm a big advocate of it if you haven't played that format before in fantasy football.
3: Yeah, you know, it's funny. My home league, dude, I'm commissioner, we've been doing an auction since 2003, and I love it. I do. I mean, this year I paid up. I had Christian McCaffrey coming in, and I got Godwin and Fournette. And I love the the control factor that you're able to control the players that you want to get. That you know when you have pick eleven, you can't get Saquon Barkley, you can't get Christian McCaffrey, but in in an auction league, you can.
6: Absolutely. And it, it depends on what your strategy is, too. I, I find I'm pretty strong on the waiver wire for receivers all season. Like, I mean, it's easier to find receivers than running backs, obviously. But fi- I'm usually able to find good wide receiver twos that are just either undrafted or were last picks in draft. I can almost never find those running backs unless, you know, even if Star gets hurt this year. So, Saquon got hurt. You got one good game of Wayne Gallman. Marlon Mack got hurt. You got one good, you know, one and a half good games of Jonathan Williams. You know, uh, Kieran Johnson got hurt. You got no good games from anybody until Bull Scarborough came along. So even the, the tried and true method of a star getting hurt hasn't manifested in the running back market on the waiver wire.
3: No, it really hasn't. I, I, that's a very good point. I think the guys that I liked all year long, Singletary finally got the job. Alexander Madison never really did. Reichwell Armstead, who I adore, hasn't really had an opportunity. And, and you're right. People overpaid for Wayne Gallman's one week. People overpaid for Ty Johnson. I think there were a lot of guys that people paid up for who really didn't produce in fab this year. I would think that one of the best guys now might have been uh, Alan Lazard and, and Anthony Miller.
6: Yeah, or guys that took a chance on on Devontae Parker a few weeks ago, where he was kind of going up and down. I mean, it's been, you know, this year. If you the, the big prize, if you end up with DJ Chark, you ended up with Devonte Parker. You've you've done pretty well for yourself. But I mean, lately it, it's been tough. It's been the same guys. I mean, I've been doing a waiver wire article now for about four weeks or so on Sports Illustrated. At this point in the season, it's the same guys. It's the Cole Beasleys, the Anthony Millers. I think recently, you know, the Russell Gages. Uh, The Randall Cobbs, like, it's been the same kind of guys when these slot guys, for the most part, get a little bit more opportunity and a little bit more targets later in the year. But it's actually been a really tough waiver wire year overall. Like, we don't have that. We don't have that Damien Williamson last year when Cremont got suspended. We don't have that league winner uh, so far, at least in my estimation. Maybe Devontae Parker could turn into that if he has more performances like he did last week. But I haven't seen that guy so far.
3: I find fantasy football so interesting, Jamie, because you mentioned Cole Beasley. Dude, I was drafting Cole Beasley in round 13 of every draft I was in. But in a lot of home leagues, I I can see that Cole Beasley's probably still available in like 25 or 30% of leagues. It's just amazing in how competitive we play in fantasy football that some guys are out there and some guys are not.
6: Yeah, so I mean, Cole Beasley was in my waiver wire pickups article this week. He's still available in more than 60% of, of ESPN leagues. At this point, after all he's done, guy that gives you a high floor every single week. And when he catches the touchdown, he's a wide receiver too he's still out there in almost two-thirds of leagues. Like, I, I just think sometimes these solid options don't get the love. If they see somebody go off for one big game, like that's the guy I want, and they forget that. You know what? Sometimes, especially if at this point, if you're picking up someone to start them this week, it's because you're in injury trouble or you're really weak at the position. Having a high floor, especially in the playoffs, is a tremendous advantage.
3: Well, that's what I led on the show, Jamie. So let me ask you this question. I, I believe that as we get into the playoffs – it's game over name. Do you think people are afraid to play the right matchup over the player they know?
6: Yes, I, I think that happens all the time, and, and this is where it kind of gets tough. I mean, uh, I, it's going to go up on Sports Illustrated tomorrow, but like, I don't know how you can justify playing Tevin Coleman in the fantasy playoffs right now. What, what has he done recently to tell you he's got a bad matchup? Uh, he got all of what? What is six touches on Sunday against the Ravens? In, in five games, since he had that three-touchdown game, he has a combined 234 yards and one touchdown, two and a half yards he carry. I, I know that San Francisco likes to run the ball. I know he's a big name, but he's not doing anything. And hasn't for over a month now. You can't play him in the fantasy playoffs. And to me, the other name that I'm going back and forth on, I and mean, I'm going to have a real hard time with it and show our a lot of your listeners, what the heck do you do with Tyler Lockett right now?
3: Well, I think Lockett honestly was hurt. I do. I think Lock- He was sick. And there were a lot of guys in that game who were sick, and I think that he was being used more as a decoy. If you saw before every play, he was running behind the backfield, going one way or the other. But that, that he was that he was a decoy last night. He was absolutely not used on any pass pattern. I think that changes next week.
6: I hope so, and I think it does. And I still think he's someone you have to put in your lineup because his he it's, his upside is so high. Uh, but I mean, yeah, you I mean you're going to have these concerns with some of the guys that you've been relying on all year that have really, really tough matchups, and you have to sit back and say that you're not playing season long anymore. Even if you're in a head-to-head league, everybody kind of still thinks, they don't think week-to-week, they think season long. You're in a series of one-game seasons right now. Like you, You can't afford to just play a guy because of their name. You have to have a logical reason. And if somebody that maybe isn't a sexy name has proven to be more reliable or more realistic for you going forward, that's what you have to do. You have to play what your brain tells you.
3: But how do you how do you wrestle with benching? I'll just give you an example. DJ Chark may see a lot of Casey Hayward. James Washington may see nobody in Arizona. Maybe James Washington's a better start, but Chark has been a better player. How do you wrestle with should I bench DJ Chark for James Washington?
6: I think you have to look at every player individually and see what they've done, and either if they've played the team before, it's helpful or if they've played that cornerback before, they might be shadowing them. That's helpful. But kind of see what they are in different matchups. Like right now you have to go back and say, okay, the offense is changing back to what it was under Gardner Minshew. That's probably actually an advantage for DJ Chark than it was for, with Nick Foles, but it's a tough matchup for him. And I'm with you where, uh, you have, to me, I think the best way to look at it is you have to say, what is that player's floor? Because I think if you look at their floors, you'll have a better understanding. You'll be feel more comfortable with your decision. D.J. Chark's floor is what he's been like last week, which is three- or four-point game where he gets completely shut down. The Jags' offense doesn't look very good, and they're basically just throwing it to Fournette eight, nine, ten times a game. You know What's going to be the floor for James Washington? Who is covering him? I know Devin Hodges is not anything special, but Arizona hasn't stopped anybody. Like, I mean, they they just gave up a gajillion yards to the Rams. They gave up a 13-catch, 150-plus-yard game to Robert Woods. You know, you have to look at the options there and say, who has the better chance of giving me that bigger performance in this particular matchup? And it doesn't matter what they've done for you before unless you can take that information and parlay it into a reason why they'll continue to have success that week.
3: Talking to Jamie Eisner from the Draft Network and from Sports Illustrated. He writes a waiver-wire article. You check it out at si.com backslash fantasy. Let me give you a name, Jamie, here. Tyreek Hill, going to see a lot of Stephon Gilmore on the road. Can we ever, ever bench a stud?
6: Not like Tyreek Hill. I I think he's probably closer to the wide receiver one, wide receiver two borderline this week. Like, you're not going to get the top five guy you expect. Uh, but I can't imagine you have three wide receivers better on your roster this week. I, just, I just, Maybe there's an extremely rare scenario, but I, I can't see it. And I think you have to take a chance on the upside uh, in that matchup because unless you're you know, a heavy, heavy favorite, then you're not worrying about it anyway. The, the chance that Tyreek Hill can absolutely just win you the league and win you that matchup that week is just such a nice chip to have in your back pocket that you just cannot leave him on your bench and watch him go off.
3: So we would agree that our studs, play no matter what
6: yeah I mean if, if you if you're talking wide receiver ones RB ones you know top five QBs those guys are when you start to get the, the question always becomes is when you're talking about you like your wide receiver twos for example which is where I would put even though he's been better than that this year I think from a talent perspective I think that's where DJ Chuck would be uh, I think that's we start to get into some of these questions but if you have a legitimate top option you have to let them roll. Like You, you, you can't risk benching those guys. Like To me, even Aaron Jones, as bad as he's played, he's got an awesome matchup this week, and he's shown you that he has matchup-winning potential. He's got to be in your lineups because to take advantage of that matchup, even though he's been really nothing special for the last two weeks.
3: Because you consider him a, a running back one on that team.
6: I do. I do. Yeah.
3: Is there a – what about the San Francisco-New Orleans game? You mentioned Tevin Coleman before. What about Emmanuel Sanders? What about George Kittle? Do I start benching my 49ers at this point?
6: I would bench Sanders. He doesn't look right. He's still hurt from that ribs injury. He's just, we've had several weeks now where Sanders, after those first two games in San Francisco where he really hasn't been extremely fantasy relevant, I think that's an easy bench this week. With Kittle, I just, I doubt you have a better option. Like, I doubt you have Kittle and one of the other premier tight ends. You probably didn't, go out and grab Darren Waller earlier in the year because you had Kittle. You don't have one of the other elite options. To me, I would still take the chance in the bad matchup over going down to the Jacob Hollister's or Dallas Goddard's or Mike Gisecki's or those guys of the world. I just think there's too much risk there versus playing the stud in George Kittle. But Sanders Sanders, and pretty much every Niners running back, I, would, I wouldn't I would play him this week.
3: All right, Jamie, one last question before you. you got about 45 seconds left. Devin Singletary, Is he a start against the Ravens? The Ravens let up a lot of rushing yards last week. Hard to throw against. Is Singletary worth starting?
6: I think he is. I think he's a low-end RB, two. He's someone that should probably be in most of your lineups. Not a great matchup, but like I said, you can't. we've seen teams run on the Ravens a little bit here and there. I think they're going to stick with him. He's still going to split carries with Frank Gore, which is annoying, but it's a fact of life at the moment. But uh, I think he's there's a lot of volatility outside the top 20 running backs this week and a lot of bad matchups, a lot of guys that haven't been good lately. I think if you have him, you're probably going to be, end up starting him. And I don't expect a huge day, but he should be solid.
3: All right. Jamie Eiser from the Draft Network and from Sports Illustrated. Thank you for joining me. Appreciate it.
6: Absolutely. Thank you for
3: having me. All right, you got it. We'll talk to Jamie next week at this time, like we do every week, and uh, break it down. But uh, he was right. He said what I said, right? Sometimes you got to bench the guys that you don't want to bench because you're trying to win this week, one week at a time. Week 14 gets you to week 15. Week 15 gets you to 16. And 16 gets you the championship, the belt, whatever it takes taking a little break. Back with you right after this.
2: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: All right, we're back. Sean, I'm telling you, The one thing you can't teach, there's two things you can't teach in the NBA. One is height. True. You're either tall or you're not. Yes. And two, I don't think you can teach shooting. Shooting just, you're either born as a good shooter or you
4: suck. So there's no hope for R.J. Barrett, Zion Williamson. No. And these guys. No.
3: I mean, honestly, it takes at least seven to ten years to be a better shooter.
4: LeBron didn't start shooting until what? Like he was 32 no, stop! He's he's thirty four now. No, no, no. He, he's been shooting. A when was when did he become a good shooter? Three or four years ago. Like four or five years in. Yeah, I mean. When I'm he was I'm telling the, you, you're a bad shooter. You're either a good shooter or you're a bad shooter. R.J. Barrett is not a good shooter. No, he's shooting under forty percent now. Yep. That's terrible. It is bad. Yep. I mean, it's, you he's know what? He's not the, the problem with football? the Knicks, though. He is not the problem.
3: No, in football though, it's quarterback accuracy. You never see a guy going from fifty six percent to seventy two. I
4: agree with you on that one. QB accuracy. You are either can't an accurate passer, you're not. Can't I, teach it. You can't teach it. I agree. You can yeah. work. Josh on fun Allen, medals. if
3: he if he hits fifty nine percent, that's that's like a that's epic for him.
4: But but here's the bigger question: Can you win without a quarterback uh, with a quarterback being inaccurate?
3: No, you can go to the playoffs, but I don't think you win a Super Bowl. Okay. I think you got to be. Ac- I think you got to be more accurate than anything. Phil Sims was accurate.
4: Oh my, dead on accurate. Yeah. Right, dead on accurate. I think you need that accuracy. Yeah, I mean, Chad Pennington was also accurate. He didn't win anything.
3: That's true, but because he had a rag arm, he couldn't throw the ball more I than know, twenty yards down the field. I
4: know,
3: I know. <laughs> he but he made really it the could. smartest guy to ever play. He was one of the smart. He was like a a brain, sc- a brain surgeon. He was really smart. Yeah, he, yeah. Did you know that?
4: Yeah, I did know that. Yeah.
3: But he couldn't. He literally couldn't throw the ball from the ten no, yard line could. to the thirty.
4: Pop gun arm. <laughs> yeah, you're right.
3: Exactly. So what can I tell you? I have one of those arms. If I go to like from the 10-yard line to the 28, that was like a good throw for me. But it's accurate. I can tell you that much. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to continue to break the games down this week. I promise you that. What I'm going to continue breaking down the waiver wire for you tomorrow as well. And we're going to lead you up to a championship. We have three weeks together, you and I, and we're going to get it done. Check me out at fulltimefantasy.com. I'll have my Start Sit article up on Sports Illustrated at si.com backslash fantasy. I promise you can check it out. All right, guys, time now to put away the insurance cards, put away the copay. The office is closed, my friends. This is Dr. Roto saying be well, take care.